Hello and welcome to She's Killing It, the serial entrepreneur's guide to building an empire. I'm Alicia Shoemaker. And I'm Deb Oliviera. And we're here to share our tips, tricks, and shortcuts to building a massive business. Between the two of us, we've built over a dozen businesses, many of them being six-figure businesses. And we can't wait to share our experience to help you launch and grow a massive empire. We want to be the ones that help you scale your business, automate it, grow your team, and build your empire. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are on episode six of She's Killing It. And on today's episode, we are going to talk all about partnerships and collaborations. Yay! Alicia and I do a lot of this, and it is like a huge part of our sub-brands, and our businesses. More importantly, I think it really is a requirement in business. You cannot work in a silo as a small business, even to a large business, whether it's relationships with your suppliers or relationships with your neighbors or relationships with your customers. Like There is no way to exist successfully in business without creating strong relationships. It's just not possible. Absolutely. It's a relationship business. Everything about business is built on relationships. Yes. So I actually have this fun little analogy of friends and baskets. I love it. Tell me more. Yes. Okay. So this was like years ago that this kind of idea came to be. And I kind of structure every collaboration around this idea of friends and baskets. Because there's also a friends and baskets that has to do with your personal life. But this one we're going to talk about is in business, okay? So the friends and baskets. In your first basket, these are the people who are going to 100% support you. They are going to share your stuff. They're going to buy from you. They are going to be like your cheerleaders. And then you have like this basket number two that are your friends and family that they're kind of on the edge. Like, you know, they're the lurkers. They, they're not a hundred percent on board with you yet. And then there's this third basket, which are the people that they're like the naysayers. They're the ones who don't see you as having a real job. They are the ones that are, they're not going to be your supporters and that is okay. But it doesn't mean that these people in the third basket are always going to be in this third basket. These people can move to basket number two or number one. So don't completely count them out. That's amazing. I love the baskets. So Deb, have you ever had somebody shift from basket three? Absolutely. Being in business for the last 14 years, I have experienced all three of these baskets. And I had the ones in the beginning that were, I mean, unfortunately, the people closest to you, your friends and family, the ones who you automatically think, oh my gosh, they're going to support me. They are sometimes the ones that are going to be in that basket three that Mm. don't see you as having a real job and they're going to be the naysayers. So over the 14 years, I have experienced people going from basket three to basket one, where at first, in the first like five years, they're like, "Mm, yeah, this seems like a cute little hobby. And now, (laughs) you know, 
years later, they're the ones that are now my biggest supporters and they're sharing all of my stuff. And it's not that you have like this ick feeling towards it where it's like, but you didn't support me in the beginning. It's like, you know what? That's okay. We all are able to have our own opinion. And thank you for catching up and realizing that I know what I'm doing. But you know, it's okay that they needed a little bit of time to get there. So find that people who are in that third basket are typically people who have never seen somebody launch a business or start a business or successfully maintain a business. At least from my experience, those are the ones that it's just harder for them to fathom a non nine to five existence. Especially if that's all you've seen. Yeah. That's your experience is the nine to five. And then you look a little crazy when you quit the nine to five and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to have a business and it's going to be great. (laughs) I'm going to build a thing. And they're like, uh, sorry, we don't, we don't build things here. We like, no, I do benefits. (laughs) Yes. But where's your time clock? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like when you're first starting your business, that third basket can feel huge, even when it's not, when you still have people maybe who are in that second basket and maybe lurking right now, they're. They're keeping an eye on it. It feels like everybody who's not screaming from the rooftops about how amazing things are, are in that third basket. So how do you start to recognize and like build your own circle? So Deb, you've created some amazing opportunities to build a circle. Tell me about what that means. Absolutely. So I started my circle actually as an accident. But it's like a happy little accident, you know? The best things usually are. (laughs) (laughs) That I can now tell other people like, hey, this worked. It was an accident, but it worked. I created a group for like-minded people in the business industry because that's the company that I had was business coaching and business networking events. So I created this group on Facebook that was just like, hey, you know what? This is what I'm about, which is community over competition. If you feel like you match that and that's who you are, please come join this circle so that we can scream from the rooftops about each other's businesses and we can be there to support one another. It was just creating that circle of people that can be louder for basket one than basket three. There's always going to be that basket three and it's going to feel like that basket is massive. Yes. And to have basket one remind you that you know what, what you are doing is necessary. Like this is amazing what you're doing and just completely hype you up. I mean, they're not going to BS you. They're going to tell you authentically when it's like, you know what, you could approve in this area and in this area or, you know, maybe pivot this way, whatever. But they're still going to keep you on the right path of moving forward. Well, I'm feeling less isolated, especially the group that you've created in GR Boss Babes. Like that is such a powerful group because a lot of times in business, I feel like we're constantly thinking about ourselves as alone, right? Because I am the leader of my business. I'm by myself. No one else knows what it's like. No one else is struggling like I am. And then to see all these other business owners who are going through different seasons and are in different phases of their cycle, but also being able to recognize and see that other people have the same struggles, have the same exciting things going on. Absolutely. That is so powerful. It's so nice as a business owner, especially if you're a solopreneur that doesn't have a team, 
it can feel so isolating, like you said, and like you're just alone and like nobody understands. It's amazing being part of these groups where there's those like-minded people that can remind you that you're not alone. So if you don't want to create your own group, (laughs) there are so many groups around that you can join. And that doesn't have to be like a networking group. It could be a hobby group or something that helps you just excel in your craft. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something amazing about finding people who inspire you and then asking for how you guys can align or work together or where do you find other like-minded people? So, you know, whether that's creating a mentor relationship with somebody or going to somebody else in business and going, oh my gosh, I think you're utterly incredible. Can we have coffee? And starting to build up those those personal circles of cheerleaders and advocates and allies and just strong relationships. We like to think that, well, if I can't join a Facebook group, well, then there's no group for me. That's absolute utter nonsense. If you can't find one, make one. Or can we just, I'm going to call bullshit because there's a million places that you can find and connect with people. And maybe it's not that they're an identical business. Maybe it's not that they're perfect. Maybe it's not that they're inspiring to you in every way, but there is value in any of these working relationships and any of these collaborations from one aspect or another. Absolutely. And you don't know if you don't ask. So exactly what you're saying is going to lead me into this next point that I want to make, which is, I'm going to just summarize this here. You have your friend baskets. We determined who's going to be in each one. Then we move on to, let's create this group that you can be part of to help you move forward. And within that group, then you're going to find people that you get to do business with. Oh, that's my favorite. (laughs) Yes. Which goes into what we said in our last episode about business is about creating these relationships. So within, you know, these networking groups or even hobby groups, you're going to have people that your businesses make sense to work together. And I think that you and I are on the same page with this, that it also helps your business move forward if you are having collaborations that move the needle forward, that benefit one another. Absolutely. It's not just a, hey, I like your business and I think it'll be fun to work together. Like, um, no, there would be a lot of those where I would love to work with like, I can't even think right now, a skydiving company. I don't know, so I can go skydiving. But it has to make sense to my business and who my clients are. And my clients are probably not going skydiving. So it probably <laughs> wouldn't make sense. Skydiving is apparently on my mind. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. <laughs> um, it wouldn't make sense for me to work with them because it, it's not mutually beneficial. You right. know, it's that we want to find that adjacent space or, you know, I, I got I've gotten for years some flack for having good working relationships with my perceived competition. I don't understand why. I am not a fit for everybody. I can't take on every client. I don't necessarily want every client. There is so much value in being able to refer somebody to an adjacent business. Like, hey, I need a photographer. Oh my gosh, I know this amazing brand photographer. Or, hey, I'm not a good fit for you because my price point is here or because we just don't have a great, we don't, we're not jiving. So Let's look at where else I can refer you to where I know the work is fantastic. Absolutely. And that's because we have learned that community over competition can be beneficial, that it doesn't have to be cutthroat. 
we don't have to be competing. There is enough business out there to keep everyone afloat, to keep everybody growing and to give everybody an opportunity to grow the business they want. It is not that I have to beat you. It's that I have to work alongside of you. Competition exists in every facet of life. There's no reason we have to perceive it that way and be fighting and hoping somebody else fails so we can succeed. Because we all win when we're working together. Like we can be so much stronger when we're working together. But I know that we were raised on this competition piece where it's like, if I win, that means you lose. Or if you win, that means I lose. And that's not the case. Like you were saying, you know, if I'm not a good fit for someone and I refer them to a different photographer or a different business coach that is a better fit, they're going to do the exact same thing. Because I know that if I'm referring them out, that they're a good, solid person that I can trust. And we're going to do this back and forth and we're going to do business together. Absolutely. So let me ask you, because I know you and I started out as a collaboration and then we moved to partnership. So can you tell me what is the difference between collaboration versus partnership? So in my mind, collaborations are businesses with a similar perspective, trying to project everyone forward, but working independently. So you know, some examples, at least for the two of us, were me referring clients to you. Me saying, hey, you need a photographer. You need to go talk to Deb at Femme Pro Business Society. She is the bomb. She's amazing. You have to see her. And here's all the things she's going to ask you. So be prepared. And helping to prepare them to be more successful working with you. Yes. That to me is a collaboration. A partnership is you and I arm in arm saying, we together are going to offer this as Flamingo and FemPro separate entities, but offering something together, like our marketing and branding package that we put together over the years. Yep. Collaborations are really powerful, especially for adjacent businesses that maybe it doesn't make sense to always work together on a certain project, but it's an opportunity to project everyone forward. We do collaborations through networking events. We do collaborations through conversations through even this is considered a collaboration to me. We're working together to project something forward, but we're working as two independent businesses. And I think it's amazing to start, just start at a collaboration level. Don't jump right into the partnership or even into business together. Maybe just if you are already two separate businesses, start with a collaboration. See how that goes. Does it make sense? Look at the analytics of whatever project that you're working on and see if it makes sense for you to continue collaborating together. Yeah. So for you and I, Alicia, we started as collaborators. And then we're like, hmm, okay, this works out well. And so we spent like a year being a collaboration. And then we moved into partnership. And now we're moving into, we're actually starting a business together with a third person as well, because we've already tested the waters. Like we didn't just jump in we went through this whole process over the last, what, we're a year and a half now? Yeah. Moving on to two years. Don't jump all in. Start with a collaboration. So tell me from your experience, how do you decide who to collaborate with outside of business? I mean, realistically, there's even in West Michigan where we are, there's potentially 50 different marketing agencies or specialists that you could work with. So how did you or how do you decide who is worth working with and working adjacently with for collaborations and who's not for you? 
So for me, there are so many marketing teams that I could have worked with, which there's a couple of them that if I would have picked them to work with, it still would have been an amazing fit because what I was looking for is someone who was like-minded. We didn't have to be 100% on the same page in every single area, but I knew that I needed to work with a marketing company that believed in that community over competition piece. Another company that was like solid on top of their game and knew their craft in and out, not just someone who was like, oh, this is like kind of a hobby. Like I needed them to be at a high level, the same level that my company was so that we could work together with similar clientele. Absolutely. Our clientele was on like the same level. And that collaboration over competition piece was a huge factor. I needed someone who also was just going to be a good, loving, kind human or team, (laughs) which in your (laughs) your case, like, oh, I love your team. Like they are just (laughs) good people. Like they're so kind and they're loving and they're friendly and they know their craft. Like they're so skilled and educated in what they do. You know, I found that as, you know, we talked about building your own circle and it just means like going out and meeting somebody new or connecting with somebody who inspires you. Some of my collaborations start with, I have no idea how we're going to work together or what that looks like, but I know just from your energy or from sitting and having coffee with you, I know I have to work with you on something. We're going to figure it out. It will hit us eventually. And I want to maintain that relationship, but sometimes it's not sitting down going, I need to find a collaboration or a collaborator. I just know I need to work with this person and the universe will tell me when it's time. And I feel like some of my strongest collaborations started with, I don't know how we're going to work together, but we have to work together. It is being open to those opportunities and just kind of sitting back and watching that unfold, but also putting yourself in those situations. So like going to the network meetings, going to the events, meeting other business owners and putting yourself into those situations. And then just kind of having those conversations and not trying to force those connections, but just kind of sitting back and being like, okay, I'm open to whatever opportunity is coming my way today. Well, and I like you. There's something about you that I just, I want to continue to be near you and I need to figure out what that looks like. And then obviously that needs to come on both sides because otherwise stalking. But <laughs> but it really just, to me, it's not always that you walk into a networking event going, I'm going to walk out of here with five new clients or I'm going to walk out of here with three new partnerships. No, it's really just being open to a conversation. The more you walk in with an expectation, the less likely you are to actually find something really valuable. There is no way that two years ago, if you had said, hey, you're going to be in a partnership with a photographer and you're going to be in a partnership with a coach and you're going to be working in alongside each other and you're going to be launching another business together, there is no way I would have believed you. Because at that point, like I just wasn't open to that opportunity yet. Same here. If you would have told me two years ago that we would be where we are right now, launching another business with a life coach, I would have been like, how do I get there? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but like how? And like when? And what are you going to do? Like there's, there's so many questions, but the more that you go in with just an open mind and an open, authentic personality of, I want to be open to an opportunity mm-hmm. to me, the more likely you are to be presented with something truly incredible. I just had a memory unlocked when you were just saying that. I just remembered that 
last summer, this third person, which she is actually going to be a guest on our podcast for season two. And you will love her. If you love us, you're going to love her even more. We're going to get we're going to get overshadowed by the amazingness that is Rebecca Thomas. She is a ray of sunshine. I just remembered that last summer I sent her a voice message telling her that I was just so open to opportunities and I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I wanted to work with her in some capacity. And that was last summer. And I just realized as we're sitting here talking that I'm like, oh, my gosh, we are now in summer 2022 and we're working together. Uh huh. And on some incredibly huge things that like would have seemed impossible a year ago. Yeah. That would have never been an option. I want to structure out collaborations real quick. Yeah. I want to kind of just like go back to that for a second. So when you are doing a collaboration, I just want to make sure that this is understood that it's not just about finding a business that makes sense to your clients. It has to be mutually beneficial. Yes. And I don't care how nice you all are. There has to be a clear outline of expectations, deliverables, and it needs to be signed off by both parties. I don't care how kind you all are. Okay. (laughs) Documentation is everything. (laughs) It needs, oh, it needs, ah, I cannot stress this enough. (laughs) how clear the expectations and the deliverables need to be and then sign off. Absolutely. And so we can call this a contract if that's what we want to call it, but it doesn't have to be something super legal. We don't have to call seven attorneys and make sure that everybody's in court and signs off and it's notarized. It really can just be something as simple as you and I are going to work together. This is what this is going to look like. This is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what the end product looks like. Yeah. Like it just, it can be as simple as you do, I do, we do, we're done. Yep. But as long as everybody's on the same page, there's no lingering questions. And more importantly, there's no unmet expectations because everyone's expectations have literally been written down. Yep. So then there's no like harsh feelings at the end of it because that can happen in collaborations. And that's kind of where I got to saying, writing down the expectations is because sometimes you would do a collaboration and at the end of it, you're like, huh, I feel like I got burned. Like I didn't Uh get what I put into it. So this just completely, you know what? Keep that friendship, keep that connection. Don't burn that bridge by not writing it down, by not having those clear expectations. So this actually segues really well into partnerships. So when we think about partnerships, it's two businesses working hand in hand for one deliverable, right? So Mm -hmm. This is where that contract especially is really important because realistically, by offering a bundle, and in our case, it's a a marketing bundle. I do somebody's social media. Deb, you do their branding photography. They all get loaded and we handle all of the scheduling and all the fun little pieces that go along with, with social media pieces. But we bill it together. It's one price for both of us, right? By having all of that documentation written down, We know exactly how much you're getting. We know exactly how much I'm getting. We know exactly what the pay system looks like and who is getting paid when. It's completely put together. The risk here is if those things are not clearly written down or, you know, small business owners, especially early on, we love to barter, right? Because it's not, it's sometimes you just don't have the fluid cash to be able to invest in a partnership or to invest in working with somebody else. You and I in the past have bartered. 
And one of the things that I appreciate most about us working together is that for us, we both know exactly what bartering means. It is cash for cash. So whatever my value is, is what I'm balancing out with whatever your value is. You've set your price. I've set my price. We balance each other out dollar for dollar on asking price. And to me, that is the only safe way to barter. I completely agree. It has to be a dollar for dollar value. Now, the risk of not doing that is somebody feels like they got shafted, right? Like they did not get what they, what they put into it, just like in that partnership piece when there's actual cash exchanged. Yeah. And we barter on all sorts of things, honestly, between the two of us. A coaching or cross coaching or photography or social or brand design or web page development. Those things are all open season. You're welcome to barter, but also remember that you don't want, by doing it dollar for dollar value, you make sure you're not being taken advantage of by somebody that you are also leaning on as a partner and an ally in business. So Alicia, let me ask you, has your partnerships or collaboration ever led to you just hiring on that person to be part of your team versus being a partner or a collab? Yes. Actually, for me, it's one of the easiest and most seamless ways to move into hiring, right? Because I've already tested this relationship. I've already tested our working experience. I've tested our communication skills. And now it's a point where, would you like to just become a part of my team and not have to worry about finding more clients or finding other work? And I will make sure I supply you with enough work. So Two of my very first hires, one based on a partnership that I had built over years working on multiple businesses. That was my VP. And we knew how to work together. I knew she was the yin to my yang. She made perfect sense to bring on because she's super organized and balanced and I'm a scattered mess, (laughs) right? So it was that perfect balance of she can make sure she reigns in my crazy and I can make sure that I push her to be a little bit more crazy, right? It was a perfect transition. Same with another partnership with my web developer. She was an incredible business owner. She was working for a number of clients and we started partnering on a number of projects. Through that partnership, she realized that she didn't have to necessarily work for herself. I could feed her enough work and we could work together in a way that made more sense for her to to become part of my team versus working independently. And I could get more of what I needed at a faster turnaround by focusing on the relationship piece, I was able to find incredible hires because I already knew how they worked and how we worked together. It's a really powerful transition. It made hiring those first two less scary, but then it made every hiring decision after that even easier because I'd kind of already broken the ice in hiring. It didn't feel like as scary of a transition to say, Now I'm going to trust a resume and my gut and a couple of interviews. I also could rely on those people who were helping me to build a culture and a business that I knew and liked and loved and they loved to work with and for. They could also help me identify good opportunities, good hires, and good new team members that we could bring on board that would help to build the culture and the business that we were looking to build together. Because everything goes back to these relationships that we're building. Everything. My team and I, we have a very unique working relationship in that like they lay out all of like we talk about personal things. We talk about business things. We have different channels for different conversations. 
I know the things going on in their lives. They know the things going on in my life. What that does is fuel humanity and fuel authenticity. When my team is struggling, I'm going to know and I can help support them. I can help manage workload. I can help to make life easier for them. And they can do the same for me when I'm in a tough season. Those relationships moving from collaboration to partnership to hiring, it's those little tiny steps that make each transition that much easier. Yes. Like you don't have to jump from one to the next. Like it is okay to feel out the process and to pace it. It doesn't have to be like jumping right into collaboration or jumping right into partnership. There has to be some of that relationship building because so much of business is not logical. We have this belief that it's all A and B. If I do X, Y, and Z, then it will produce this amount of money. No. It's not true. It is very much based on a season, a cycle, a relationship. You know, what has pushed my business forward every single time and making these big leaps was a strong relationship that I built in my business or around my business that converted into something incredible. You know, with you saying that, two of the biggest things I've, no, three, three of the (laughs) biggest things I've done in business that has moved the needle forward. Number one, deciding to become authentic and just be authentically myself. Absolutely. Is building the relationships, doing the collaborations, which has given me these opportunities, like even this podcast, to move the needle forward. And then the third is always, and we'll talk about this more, is to just ask. <laughs> like, <laughs> just ask. Because if you don't ask, you don't know. So, okay, yeah. If there is a company that you want to work with to do a collaboration, just go ask them. Don't sit around waiting for them to come to you and be like, hey, you want to work with me? Do you want to do a collaboration? Like, no, just go ask them. It doesn't hurt. What? They could say no, or they could say yes, and it could be something amazing and pushes both of your businesses forward. But sometimes it's as simple as, do you maybe want to do something together? It's not firm. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be like a full business plan when you're sitting down and talking about a collaboration or talking about a partnership. It could just be, I want to do something with you. I don't know what it looks like yet, but are you open to doing something? And it could be just a fun one-off event. Absolutely. Some of those are the best. (laughs) But talking about like those relationships, like even the relationship with your clients, which we have Kim, which is Alicia's client who actually is doing the production of this podcast. Yes. And we were able to have this opportunity because Alicia first built that relationship with her clients as well. I think we we have to also be willing to look at partnerships, collaborations, referrals, hiring both ways. You know, it cannot just be what can I get from somebody? It's that whole collaboration over competition. This you have to create a community where you're willing to give more than what you're taking. You know, I worked with Kim with KP Creative Media on social media, on coaching. We've been in some of the same networking groups. That's how we met was through an online networking group. And she's completely incredible. So when Deb, you and I were talking about, you know what would be great? We should put a podcast together. What was the very first thing I said? I know a person. (laughs) We need Kim. Know the perfect Kim. I know the person. We're going to do it this way. And it has made all the difference because between all the things that we're doing, we realize that by trying to create something 
we're not always the experts and we need to lean on those relationships that we've built both ways. Which allows us to stay in our realm of genius and allows him to be in her realm of genius. And by us all working together, we can create something amazing. And shameless plug, please go check out KP Creative Media and Kim for any podcast that you have to do. I will tell you that she has been our saving grace in creating this podcast for you, with you. And you should absolutely go check out all of the other podcasts that she's helping to produce as well. Absolutely. She is incredible. Is there anything else that we want to add? Thank you for listening to today's episode of She's Killing It. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you found something in particular that you loved about this episode, be sure to review it and share it with all of your female entrepreneur friends. We can't wait to chat with you next time.